Today we go off the edge with the one, the only Joey Sturgis. Um, if you're not familiar, he is a producer, a uh, educator, a uh, programmer, um, an entrepreneur, um, visionary, visionary, visionary. <laughs> this dude is is amazing. He has uh, worked with bands such as uh, The Devil Wears Prada. Um, let's see what else we got here. Oh, I'm so unprepared for this. So many bands asking Alexandria. Yeah. He's, he, I mean, the dude has gold records. You'll see him. We did this interview via Skype. Um, Amur is another one. Attila. Uh, shoot, man. So there's just like too many bands to even list that this dude has like produced and and programmed and and help uh, write for. Uh, he's got his own software company for uh, you know musical plugins, um, different uh, uh, different plugins for you know processing recorded audio um and he's getting into special uh, effects yeah um, uh, amplifier simulations um which you know we're all excited about (laughs) uh, and we uh hooked up with him on um what's what's called the spotify playlist challenge where um it's uh, how a band can you know best use spotify we'll go into it in detail in this podcast but uh um it was an eye-opening I guess that's the word of the day. I hope yeah. <laughs> interview dude is just a, a brilliant on another level. Uh, really hope you enjoy this podcast because we sure enjoyed talking with him. Absolutely. Can you hear us? what's happening guys oh not a lot man thank you so much for joining us yeah really appreciate your time super sorry for the way i was on a podcast which i thought was this podcast right that's that's funny as hell man (laughs) (laughs) that doesn't happen often right Uh, (laughs) you're a man in demand i understand (laughs) (laughs) are you guys uh, not much. Uh, we uh, we kind of picked this up as a side project to the to the band, so uh, give a way to uh, talk to other artists and and you know other creatives and stuff like that, and uh, and and share them as as much as you know we like to share ourselves. So <laughs> building community. And yeah, I know you know all yeah. about that. Like, yeah, uh, it's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so this this is oh, Zach. Very yeah, nice Zach. to meet you. I'm Matt. Matt I've talked a few times. Um, I'm usually the one, the edge over edge one, talking to you. But uh, anyway, uh, man, uh, just where, where do we want to start? The beginning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back to the beginning. So, so how long have you been in the in in music now? Well, uh, so just in case anyone isn't familiar with me, my name is Joey Sturgis. Uh, I'm 35 years old, been in the business for about 15 years. Um, I was born into a musical family. Every single person in my family either plays an instrument or sings. And it's been a part of my life since the very, very, very beginning. So I literally grew up on stage uh, with my parents on tour, sort of. Not and not in like a huge band. I don't want to make it sound like you know they were in like Maroon Five or some kind of stuff like that. No, they just played like you know around the three states that were around us. Um, but you know, there's pictures of me being a little baby. I've got big headphones on my ears and I'm like banging on pots and pans in the side of the stage. Um, the funny thing about that story though is that, uh, I didn't aspire to be successful in music. So I actually tried to not be successful in music in in some ways. I I really tried to go down this whole pathway of like, let me uh, try and learn how to like program on computers and let me get interested in computers and do all these things. Um, And I tried that very, very hard. And then what's really amazing is that music came in, took over, but then at some weird turn of events, I found a way to combine all the success that I was getting from music and all that I wanted to do with computers and then like crossbreed them and create where I'm at today. Um, 
And I promise I didn't try to do that. It wasn't like, oh, I have this devious plan. Like, this is exactly how everything's going to go. It was just sort of like what I stumbled into. And so maybe we'll get into that with my story a little bit uh, throughout this podcast. But the way I got started in music was just organic. It was 100% natural. I, I learned how to play drums when I was nine years old. And I was in uh, often when I was at that age from like nine to like 13, I was in bands with people who were much, much older than me. Like I was like the most talented drummer in our area. And so I was always in like the band that, you know, needed a good drummer. And uh, it was like almost like this weird thing where I had to grow up fast because the people around me were all in their mid twenties and, and going on their way to their thirties. And here I am this little 12 year old kid, just like learning <laughs> how to play these green day songs and whatnot. So yeah, that's how it all began essentially. That's amazing, man. So, so then did the, did the, the, the programming lead into, into the Joey Sturgis tone stuff first, or did you jump into the, the mixing and producing first? And then the, the you know, the plugins kind of come out of that. Um, you know, how, well, how that, I've always, how that I've always had a fascination with computers, uh, just like even from an early age. I mean, I was like one of the very first people to get like you know, like uh, a Nintendo 64. And then like when, when, uh, when the internet came along and, you know, you were getting those AOL discs in the mail all the time for like a free month of, of internet. um, There was a whole, like this big movement where Ford sent out computers to all of their like factory workers, their families, each family got like a, a PC. It was a Hewlett, Packard PC and my parents didn't work at Ford but my friend's parents worked at Ford and so they got they were one of the families that got one of those PCs and I remember just going to over to his house and just being like oh my god like I need one of these I need to have a computer and my family couldn't afford one at the time and so my mom saved up her some of her paycheck for like over a year she was able to save up like 600 bucks And we went to, um, I think it was like, uh, I want to say like Best Buy or some kind of computer shop. And we bought a compact computer and that changed everything for me. That was like the, that computer got so much mileage because I slowly upgraded it. I like changed the processor in it. I added RAM to it. I put my own hard drives in it. I was like, just completely just utilizing the crap out of that computer and learning so much on it. So um, that, that sort of happened at the same time as my musical trajectory too. So I was, I was still interested in music. I still played drums. I was doing all that stuff, but I wasn't taking it seriously. And, and what I would do in my spare time is I would either, I was playing computer games like PC games, or I was like, I was literally building games. Like I actually learned how to program and how to program my own video games at a pretty early age. I would, go online, oh. go to, you know, literally amazon.com, type in, you know, DirectX video programming or OpenGL uh, video game programming books. I would buy them, ship them to my house. They would arrive. I would open them up, go page by page, build my own games. And and so, yeah, like I, there was a whole period where I just got really deep into that whole world. And so the, 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 the fast forward into later into life is now I have, you know, uh, uh, a big uh, audio software company that creates audio plugins for producers, but I also have like an education platform that I actually I built the website that we use to deliver the education to producers, teach them how to mix and, and produce their own records. I actually program that site, uh, the original version of the site by myself. Um, so those skill sets uh, got used in very interesting ways um, later in life. But at that time, I had no idea what I was doing. I just was like, I want to program video games and I want to play drums. And I was kind of doing those two things. Eventually found myself working at a computer shop. And uh, the computer shop thing just didn't. It, it was cool for a little bit of time and I was making some money, but it wasn't enough. It didn't fulfill me. I wasn't making like I was getting paid six dollars an hour back in those days. And uh, I just had that realization where, you know, I would rather do 
this other stuff where like on the weekends I was recording demos and recording like other bands and stuff and they were like local bands. I was like, I would rather be doing that all the time than getting paid six dollars an hour to, to be here like you know, nine to five. So Absolutely. left that job, continued recording tons of bands, um tons of local bands which then ended turned turned into bands getting signed and then recording those bands and so that's sort of how i became a producer by happenstance it wasn't like something i set out to do it was just sort of like i was fulfilling a need that i w- apparently was good at and i didn't realize it or how good i was but i was just people were in like i was in demand is what i'm trying to say people wanted yeah. me to do what i was doing and so i was like uh, okay, well, if I'm wanted here, I guess I'll be here for for these people, and did that long enough to where I built up a pretty massive career, and uh, which brings us to the last five years, uh, you know, since 2015 to now, where I've been able to build these companies on the back of all of the success I has had as a producer, building up my. Um, my reputation online, building up my social media, getting enough people to follow me to be able to launch businesses like the ones I'd launch now and uh, and then be able to help not only the artists um, that make the music and the record labels and the managers and all the stuff that comes along with that, but now being able to empower other people to do what I have done, and that is to go out there and make records and make them sound the way you want them to sound and build a business on top of that. That's amazing. And, and I think that's uh, one thing that we find just so inspiring that you are so generous with your time that way, that uh, you, you know, want to see others succeed, you want to let people know how it all works. Um, that's, you know, in a lot of professions, you don't see that kind of generosity. And I think, uh, you know, you're obviously a very genuine guy has had, a, had some success, like you say, in a very organic way. And to be able to relate your experiences and, and, uh, help people grow that way themselves is pretty amazing to me. So thank you for doing that. That's, that's really great. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the kind words. It's funny. Um, you know, going back to to the software, which, you know, like your producer pack is like on my Christmas list, you know, (laughs) already got my Christmas list going. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, I kind of kind of stumbled across you on YouTube um, with some some of the different mix demos and stuff like that. And one of the things that we were in the middle of recording, you know, self self produced recording our album, um, and uh, I just stumbled across where you were, you know, you were using the explosions and and the cinematic type noises in your mixes, and it just like clicked. I was like. Why the hell didn't I think of this before? And so, you know, a lot of a lot of those tips from from those YouTube things made it onto our album. And, you know, it, it was it's just it's something so simple, but Eye-opening it just to yeah, us. it just, you know, it, it was like, duh, you know. <laughs> and so thank you for that. Right. Well, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, I can uh, remember the first time I was asked, you know, to sort of. Like I, I was recording this band and they wanted to take a, a breakdown, which at that point I was very familiar with. And I knew how to, you know, record these breakdowns and make them sound great. They wanted to combine that with orchestra. And I was like, that's crazy enough to maybe work, actually. Uh, let's find let's find a way to do it. So <laughs> and and this is where, you know. I start to discover what I'm good at and I didn't realize it at the time, but what I eventually found out is that I I've become a very good problem solver. That's, that's what I think my real skill set is deep down. Cause when you're a programmer, you're solving problems, uh, inside the computer. Like you're essentially trying to be like, how can I show this amount of graphics on the screen without taking out this much memory? I got to solve that problem. How can I simplify what I'm doing so that the computer will be able to handle the like what I'm trying to do? Or like when it's a record, it's like how can I make the guitar player trust me and get the drummer to listen to my idea but then still make the song awesome but then not have the band kill themselves and not destroy me at the same time. That's like <laughs> another problem that you're solving, right? Like so it's I like and and also with um uh, like with the stuff that Tyler and I do where we're helping musicians like grow their music online. It's like, 
that's another problem that I was like, I want to solve this problem. I want to figure out like, why can't musicians figure out how Spotify works? I want to find out the answers. I want to solve this puzzle for everybody and help them uh, unlock, you know, the, the growth that they deserve. And so I've always been great at that. And I've always sort of approached business that way, courses, all the things that I create, the products I make, it's all based on solving problems and, and my ability to solve problems. And that's something that I put a lot of effort into. And I think because of that focus on solving problems, it creates an, an inherent value uh, for the for the person that the that the problem is being solved for. So that's that's like, I guess the the big thing that I unlocked for myself was to be able to find so many different ways of doing that. I, I do it with education, with products, with courses, with programs, and and also in the studio. And uh, that's been really uh, fulfilling for me and very fun. And, and that's one of the reasons why I do it is because I just love helping other people and, and providing that value. Well, before we uh, before we jump on to the uh, the education aspect of that, you know, you, you say you haven't really been been recording or producing um, in the last five years. Do you do you have a, a bucket list band that would that would pluck you out and get you back back behind the console? Well, right now, I, this year, I have produced a few projects, uh, some of which I can't talk about yet. So I, I am, in a sense, sort of back in the saddle, not not 100% like I used to be. I'm not going to be cranking out 10 albums a year like I used to. Um, we'll be lucky if I get one to two per year at this point. But the Bucket List Band would definitely be um, uh, between the buried and me. If that band wanted to work with me on a record i would like straight up fly to wherever the hell they want me to fly i would stay there for however long they want me to stay and we would make the most amazing um progressive metal album ever so yeah i would love to work with there we go there we go let we'll that hash, happen yeah. please let that happen we're gonna, we're gonna hash <laughs> between the buried and me you know they're gonna see this by god oh my god <laughs> those guys are amazing I yeah agree with you. That, that would be sick yeah I've also been asked that question many times and I've been yeah. very consistent in my answers. So there's enough <laughs> evidence and proof out there in the world that if if they go and see something, they'll find it elsewhere. They'll they'll see right. all the times I've said that. I want to work with you guys. If you're watching this, <laughs> find a way to contact me. Just hit me up on Instagram. There you <laughs> go. There you go. Yeah, well, and you know, if we can contact you on Instagram, then it shouldn't be any problem for them to contact yeah, you. Yeah, I check every single message now. I, I used to ignore, there was way too many messages, but now I'm like, you know what? There's probably a lot of opportunities in this inbox. Let me take a look. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, so going into the education thing, you know, we we have just got done doing the your, your Spotify playlist challenge, um, which was incredibly eye-opening um i don't i don't think you know the the first thing you come out with is you know spotify is a social network and i i i didn't realize it i think most people don't um it's just a different way of of thinking about it it's just a different perspective yeah and uh yeah we've we've are finding it very beneficial yeah for sure. yeah um you know we're not going to give away any secrets but <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah we uh Oh, train of thought. Where'd it go? <laughs> um, fill in, Zach. I'm losing my train of thought. Oh, here. my goodness. Uh, <laughs> Put him on the spot. Well, no. Uh, again, just um, like you were saying about problem solving, uh, that that is something like the average person has no idea how uh, Spotify works. And and you took your, your relentless you know, uh, um, curiosity and dove into that and and made it possible to share that your insights with people. Um, and like Matt said, we found that very, uh, opening, uh, just to be able to reach out to other others, like kind of in our, at our same level, um, and kind of build a community that we can all grow together. You know, um, that's an aspect that we, tr we all obviously try to do locally, I think, I don't know, that maybe I'm going off on a tangent, stop <laughs> me, but uh, a lot of scenes 
I've noticed are, are super competitive and almost backbiting, you know, and that's not conducive to, uh, I don't know, uh, gr growing really. I, I have a rising tide lifts all ships mentality, you know, and I think we, we cultivate that locally, but, um, your ideas of, of just kind of expanding that out, uh, well, and, and that's, that's, that's the way that the Spotify growth works is by having that community. Um, Absolutely. I, I, I saw, you know, I, one, of, one of your things was to uh, throw a post out there and find out what people are listening to on Spotify. You know, just find out what their, their playlists are, stuff like that. And uh, one guy posted, you know, I don't listen to Spotify. I listen to Apple Music because Apple Music pays the artists more. And I, you know, I almost opened up a, a debate there because Apple Music doesn't give you any control. And, and that's, uh, I think, the thing that we didn't realize, that a lot of people don't realize, is that, you know, you showed us that we have a, a way more control over what happens on Spotify with our music than, than any other platform. And doing like you're saying, by connecting with other bands, by, by creating community, we all grow. Right. And, and, you know, that was one of the one of the coolest aspects. Um, but but the whole course really has, has stuck with us. Um, we've kind of kind of drug our feet here in the last few days. But, you know, there's been some things going on in the world. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> we, well, uh, you know, the most amazing part about this whole uh, distribution sort of platform discovery platform kind of debate is that a lot of people look at it from a vanity standpoint or from a, a face value like the the front end of it right so uh the, there's tons of people who will sit there and argue until they're blue in the face and like oh it's not fair the spotify they're not paying enough and oh yeah they're going to sue us or they're, they're going into court like let's let's sign a petition let's do all this stuff it's like dude I want you to think about something for a second. When was the last time you discovered a new band that you like, that you listen to regularly? When was the when was the last time you discovered that, and and how did it happen? Because I can almost one hundred percent guarantee bet you it did not happen on Apple. It wasn't on Apple Music. It wasn't on iTunes. It wasn't any of that stuff it was because either one somebody told you about something mm -hmm. or two maybe you were down a rabbit hole on youtube right. and you happened to discover something kind of cool three it was on the radio or something or four it was on a playlist or on spotify and i know i got to the fourth rung of the ladder there but those other three things are literally unobtainable. Like you can't just get your music out on the radio. It costs hundreds of thousands of dollars to do a campaign properly. And even then you're only going to get a few thousand spins every week. And that's, it just, it doesn't make any sense, especially to a, a band or, a, or an artist who's trying to uh, build a, an engaged audience and they don't have one yet. And if you're not going to be showing up in that town three months from now, your song has no business being on that radio. Because the reason why you play songs on the radio is so that you can sell your tickets. That's literally like the formula if you go and look at the music industry. If you're about to go on tour with Tool or or like even a smaller band than Tool, like Tool's massive. But if you're about to go on tour and you're about to do this nationwide thing and you need to fill seats, you better be on the radio. Because the people who listen to that radio, the blue collar radio, are the ones that fill the seats and come to the shows. And they buy those tickets every single week, month, or whatever cadence it is for the summer shows. So if you're not on those radio campaigns, people don't know that he, that you exist because those people don't consume internet and social media the same way that we do. You know, those people might check Instagram once a week, and the only people that they even look at are the ones that they follow, which are people they're already friends with, and they're just checking in to see what Bob is doing uh, on Friday night in his garage. So the reality is if you want to create more fans, you have to find a discovery platform that is going to help you get into listeners' uh, uh, routines. And with Spotify, the routine is you've got your playlist that you love and it's all the shit that you listen to all the time. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, I, all of us have them. We play them, we jam them, but when we get bored of that playlist, we're looking for something. 
we we want to go out there and find more music. We want to go say, is there some other stuff that I might like? I wonder if there's some other bands. And you know what the best platform is at delivering this exact need to listeners? It's it's Spotify. I hands down tell me another app that's better at this cuz I don't think it's out there. It's it's Spotify because it knows what you already like. It knows your listening behaviors because it's smart enough to track it. And it also knows what other songs you haven't heard because it tracks that too. So by sheer uh, recommendation, it's able to, or, or sorry, by sheer association, it's able to make that recommendation properly and to give you exactly what you want to hear. And dude, I've discovered so much music through Spotify. It's insane. And I know... Artists don't get it yet. They think, okay, well, I need to have a big, I need to have a big video on YouTube. I need to make an awesome music video and just get a whole bunch of people to watch it on YouTube. The reality is, YouTube doesn't give a crap about your music. All it cares about is watch time. It wants people to keep watching videos. So if your video is not going to be the thing that keeps people on the site, it's going to find something else that will, and it'll show it to them instead of you. And that's right. and that's not in your favor. YouTube is not fighting for you as a musician. Now they will help you, and there's a lot of things that they'll do for you. But the person fighting for you right now is Spotify. Whether you want to, you could be like, yeah, they suck because they don't pay a lot of money for streams. That's a whole financial Pandora's box. It's a puzzle that they haven't solved, and they'll figure it out. And it'll take time, and they're probably gonna have to fight in court and do all kinds of things to get it right. And but that's not what we're concerned with. We're not here to get paid by Spotify. We are here to find our fans through Spotify because it is so good at discovery and it is so good at suggestion that then you can take that audience and do something with it. You can play shows for them. You can sell them merch. You can bring them to your website. You can bring them into your mailing list, into your fan clubs, all those other things that you aren't thinking out thinking about because you're so concerned with the vanity or the front end of what you're looking at. You need to be thinking about how do I find a uh, a repeatable process that will continue to uh, bring me new listeners every single day. It's the same thing in business. I have a business right now where I want to find new customers to buy my plugins every single day. So what do I do? I can't go to Spotify to do that. I can't necessarily really go to YouTube to do that. I have to create a whole thing. You guys have it made. You have a, there's an app literally dedicated to bringing you right. new fans every single day. And all you have to do is learn how it works. And so that was where the, the epiphany came from. Um, and that was when we decided, okay, let's, let's build this challenge. Let's build this course, but let's not just make it any normal course. Like courses are boring. It's just like some videos on a website and you press play and then you watch the video and you're like, huh, that's cool. And then like you go back to your normal life. It was like, no, let's make this a thing where it's an experience. It's a challenge where you come in and there's seven days to complete all these tasks and there's all this stuff you're learning and there's this community and everybody's helping each other. And we're also throwing like curveballs at you and you're doing all this stuff. But it's cool because that is the that experience is what gives you the foundation of actually creating the results that you're after. And so, long and story it, short, you know, it do, it doesn't stop after seven days. Exactly. Well, this, this this is from here on out. Yeah, yeah. And and it's so I think it's really cool because it's been the breeding ground for what I consider to be the necessary tools to set bands up for for that that launch the launch pad for them to be able to say, okay, now we know why Spotify is important. We know where we should focus our time and energy into. We know how we can de develop a fan base, how we can build more fans and grow that over time. We have all the tools that we need. Now it just comes down to actually doing it. And I think there's really no other course out there on the internet. Um, and I mean, I've looked at a lot of stuff that can actually create this uh, as consistent consistently as we have, we've helped over 550 artists at this point grow on this platform and given them the tools that they need. We had somebody in the last challenge, the same one that you guys participated in, who funded a music video. It cost him $6,000. He funded that music video in 48 hours using the rule of reciprocity and the the 
the stuff that we were talking about on the live streams. He used that to create a GoFundMe, got his campaign funded, got his video funded, created $6,000 out of thin air in 48 hours, filmed his music video, and he's not even done with the challenge yet. He's still going through the dates. <laughs> Right. And and like that's this. what I love about it is that it it's so open ended. Like there's there's obviously a very clear defined path of what to do. Step one through ten, or however you want to look at it. Like this is what you do. But for the overachievers or the people who come in that are are a little more creative than others, they come into the course and they go, "Holy crap! You were blowing my mind on so many different circuits that I'm gonna take this and do this thing and that thing." And those are the people that have like the amazing success uh, in the course. But even the people that follow the steps to a T, one through one through ten, or however many steps there are, it's like those people are also steadily building. They're steadily growing. I I check in on artists all the time, and there was a there was a band that posted a screenshot a long time ago they got on like the crash course it's like a pop punk uh editorial playlist and i was checking them out the other day they're almost on their way to six figures uh monthly listeners now and so to me i'm like i wish i could yell this from the mountaintops and i wish i could reach more people with this course because i know that it helps and and that's why i want to get it to more people because i just feel like every musician deserves to know about this opportunity as it exists right now, eventually this is going to go away. Think about it, guys. Spotify is on the public stock market. At some point, they're going to have to please their investors. And if they don't do it, they'll have to take extreme measures. And that could be – who knows what it could mean for us. It could mean more ads. It could mean changing the platform, the way it works, charging money for playlists, maybe charging a curator fee, maybe creating – higher subscription fees, which decreases the number of people who are willing to use the platform. Who knows? It could be all kinds of stuff. But right now, we're in the golden period. This is the time to take advantage of what Spotify has given us. And so I I hate it. I absolutely hate it when musicians say Spotify is evil and they are pissed because they're not Spotify is not paying us enough uh, for our music. It's like, you don't even know the half of it when you say that. And and so I'm glad that you guys were able to see the opportunity in front of you and you were able to go through the challenge. And I'm not going to speak for Matt, but um, I think this is something that was mentioned uh, early on in this course is uh, some artists have the mindset. It's like, okay, we have content. Um, I feel really good about it. Let's put it out there. And uh, then there's no uh, kind of thought about marketing no kind of thought about, um, you know, any of that stuff. I, I, uh, you know, am kind of bad about that. Like Matt really kicks my ass to say, dude, we, we can't just like create art and then not do anything with it. You got to like go the extra mile. So, um, this I, has really driven that point home to me. Can I, can I, I want to tell like, it's, it's a fictional, uh, or sorry, it's, 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 uh, yeah. Fictional, fictional story. That means not real, right? Fictional. Yeah, right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> Imagine an inventor who sat down and created like a, uh, I guess, let's talk about the coronavirus. Okay. So this, this inventor, he creates a cure for coronavirus. It took him three years. He spent all this time and and money and he he put a lot of effort into it. And he, you know, it cost him a million dollars to come up with the the right uh, testing environment and to get it work. And he, spent years doing clinical trials and got all these people cured and, and did all this stuff. And, and, uh, and so he's got it and it's in his hand and it's ready to go. And then you're like, dude, that's amazing. I can't believe that you did all that. And, and you put, you put in all the time and effort and you come up with this cure for this coronavirus. How are you going to release it? And he's like, Oh, well, I'm, I'm probably just going to tweet it a couple of times and, and maybe post it. <laughs> on my Facebook. Yeah. It's like, what? Makes no sense. That's all you're going to do. <laughs> How yeah. are you not going to tell the world about this amazing cure for this virus? So it's the same thing with your music, guys. You you spend a year writing a record, and you go into the studio, and it takes you months and months, and you record it, and you edit it, and you mix it, and you spend all this money, and you shoot a huge music video. And then you upload the file to YouTube, and then you post about it on social media a couple times, and that's it. It's It's sad, and your music deserves more. And so... What I am always telling musicians is to put 
you know, 20% of, and, and this is going to sound bad at first, but it's true. Put 20% of your energy into creating the art and 80% of your energy into promoting it. And I know that's going to feel at first, you're not going to understand it and it's not going to feel right. You're going to feel like, man, I feel like I'm a, a, a car salesman on the corner of the street, just being like, come on down and buy these cars. They're 50% right. that, off. That's me. Like I'm that guy. I, <laughs> yeah. I'm that guy for real. And there's nothing wrong with it. I, I still feel that way after, you know, seven years of selling stuff on the internet, but actually it's been longer than that now. 11 years, believe it or not. Crazy. Um, so, but what you have to realize is that at some point, no one is going to know about your amazing song unless you tell them about it because they're not going to discover it on their own unless you find a way to get discovered on on autopilot. And that's basically one of the ways that we show you how to do that is through Spotify because of the algorithmic playlists. Those algorithmic playlists are out there doing work for you every single day. When you tap into it, you get it right it's going to start suggesting your music to people over and over again without you having to do the work. Now the people, people don't understand that they think, okay, I just need to have a lot of followers or, okay, I'm going to pay this dude. He promised me that he could get me like a million streams on my song. Let me just throw him a thousand bucks. Okay. Boom. I got my million streams. It's like, dude, that's not how this works. Spotify doesn't want it to work that way because you know what? It's all fake. And if it's all fake, Guess what happens to their valuation in their company? It goes down because it's not real. It's the same thing that happened to um, there's a there's a big pharmaceutical company called uh, Valiant, and this is famous. You can go look up. There's a documentary on Netflix about it. And what they did is they would buy a company who created a drug. They would raise the price of the drug, and then they could show to their investors, "Look, we made more money because we acquired this company and and got the drug." Uh, revenue to go up but the revenue went up because the people depended on the drug in order to survive and they increased the price of the drug so then the insurance companies had to pay for it so it was a false uh value increase they were increasing their right. value falsely and then so uh, you know what happened to them their their stock plummeted it went from like 260 a share to like two dollars a share or some crazy shit so like the reality is first. it's the same thing with music is that if you go out there and buy those fake listeners, those fake plays, those the get on those pay to play on those playlists and things like that, all that is not creating real action in the world. You're not creating a real fan base. People aren't actually listening to your music. It's a computer listening to your music. So what do you want to do? Go play a show for a bunch of computers or do you want to play a show in front of a bunch of people, right? right. So right. you got to get into the idea that Yes, we're all using a phone and an app and we're communicating digitally in a weird way. But at the end of the day, it's another person on the other side of that phone. You're you're a person creating music and listening to music and they're a person consuming music. So you've got to find how do we influence the people who are responsible for breaking bands? How do we influence them to suggest our music instead of somebody else or, or whatever. And I'm not, not suggesting it's a competition, but I'm just saying that musicians are so short-sighted on this game, and that's the reason why they're failing. And so what the challenge has really been able to do is open up the minds of, of how to approach the idea of, of growing your fan base from a completely different sort of backside rather than focusing on like what's the most interesting thing I can post on Instagram tomorrow to try and get a few more followers and to get a few more people to click on something. It's, it's influencing the algorithm to start doing the work for you and finding ways to get it to actually execute for you. Um, and, and so, yeah, that's been the big, big focus. Yeah. And, that, and that's what really, really, uh, really grabbed me is, you know, we spent years gaining, you know, Facebook likes and, and making our videos and putting them on YouTube to, to get that visual because, you know, we're a visual species, but, you know, you know, throwing out a post or something like that is, is really kind of superficial as far as, who, who, what we're trying to sell. And, and what, what we're, what I learn is that, you know, what we do on, on Spotify is actually, you know, we're trying to move the actual product. 
you know, we're trying to get real fans of the actual music, not just some cool ass meme that we shared on the band page or, you know, a, a cool picture from a show on Instagram where, where, you know, they may, you know, throw a like, but, but that's it. Whereas on, on Spotify, we pick up a, a fan. It's because, it's they not. It's not like the thing that we're creating. Yeah, it's yeah. not so much the the profile picture that we created on Spotify, which I, you know, I know it helps. It makes us look more professional, but it at the end of the day, a fan on on Spotify is is a fan of the music, and and that's that's something that the other platforms can't can't deliver. And you Absolutely. know, if we're if we're not uh, if like we're creating art music. You know, if no one's going to see it, then what's the point? So I think your point about really going the extra mile to uh, to promote, to um, to use the tools available to us to get the music out there and engage people uh, that, you know, making making the music is not even really half the challenge. So, um, yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a fallacy right of if you build it they will come I, I know musicians think okay i just need better music like if i had a really good song um then then that would be the difference for everything and that's true to a certain point um but i can tell you and i can sh literally show you there's albums that i've produced that are amazing albums and have really great hit songs that never people just don't even know they exist it it never broke the charts it never got anywhere because the marketing plan was was horrible and and that's not to to talk crap on anyone who was involved in those projects but it's really just to to really break the ice on the concept that a great painting inside of a great building is nothing if the door's not open and people are walking through there to walk, to look at it right so Amen. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's it, right? That's the bare that's the bare bone truth of the whole thing. And I cannot come up with anything better than Spotify. I've tried. I've used hours of research and and tried to come up with different things to think about and like different uh you know, maybe there's a way we could do YouTube in this certain way. And yeah, you've got YouTube music and all this stuff. The, the the problem, though, is those those platforms have other motives and they also aren't as focused on the maturity of what what it takes to actually break an artist. And the, the, what I'm talking about there is the playlist technology, because the um, Spotify has the most mature playlist technology there is when in my opinion. And, and I think when you look at it holistically and logistically, I'm, I'm probably right I don't want to like discredit, you know, what Apple and Google are doing in the, in the industry and especially with Prime and Amazon and all that, but I just don't think that you find as many people as passionate about influence and music curation and playlist creation and sharing music. You, the platform where that is the most passionate and the most fruitful is Spotify. So, um so that's what we focused on. And I think it's a good place to, to teach from. And, and in our course, the reality is what we really teach is not necessarily the mechanics or the levers and the buttons of Spotify, but more so the way to deal with the industry and, and, and how to approach music business from a personal, uh, a personable standpoint. Mm -hmm. When you learn how to do that correctly, um, you learn basically all of the fundamental elements that you need to succeed in this business because you're going to learn how to build the relationships with curators, which is then going to inevitably become relationships with either booking agents, managers, or A&R people, which then uh, becomes relationships with record labels, which then becomes uh, a, a, quite a professional uh, endeavor when it comes to your music. And so this is the start. The start is get out there, get people listening to your music because that's what everybody wants. If I'm a record label and I'm going to sign you, I'm betting that the money I'm risking on you, like let's say I'm giving you a $20,000 advance. I'm betting that I'm going to turn that into, to, uh, uh, into a profit. And so 
if I can't get my $20,000 back plus more money, then I'm making a bad bet. And so the way that I insure the insurance I get on my bet comes from your ability to build fans. So if you're no good at doing that, no one can save you. There's no record label that's going to sign you and be like, yeah, we have a way to get you fans. Like, don't worry about it. It never works that way. Right. It, yeah. You have to be able to, to do that yourself. And so that's we teach you how to get in front of more people than you're currently doing right now without spending more money on ads, a very tried and true way. And yes, it is brutal. And yes, it, it's almost brute force in a way, but it works. And when you do it right and you keep doing it and you're consistent, then you get to the point where, you know what, now the algorithm's working for you. Now now you're being suggested to new people every single day. And that's that's really the core of what I think every band is trying to get to is like, how do you get the word of mouth working for you on the streets? But then how do you get that digital word of mouth, which is what Spotify is providing? And um, it's, exactly. it's not easy. It's not easy. No, it's work. It's work. But uh, if you, you know, uh, believe in, in, what you're doing, what you're trying to share with people, then it's absolutely worth doing that work. So um, it's been, uh, we keep saying it, but it's absolutely true. It's been a real eye-opening experience and we're really grateful to you for putting this uh, this out there into the world and you know, we're happy to be a part of it. Um, I, I, I enjoy the fact that, that, uh, that you kind of vet all of us before, you know, before you know, sharing the, the sign up link, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, I can totally see where, and I think, you know, you've talked about it in the, in the live streams, how, you know, you get the wrong people in there. They, ex they're expecting you to do all the work. And then when they don't get results, then they're pissed off at you. And, you know, it's like, give me my money back. And so, yeah, yeah. you take that, you take that extra step, you know, you, 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 you skim through our music, you know, you talk to us, you feel us out. He's like, okay, these guys are going to work. They're not going to blame me for anything. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so, and, and I appreciate that, you know? Yeah. Well, and the reality, you know, for us, it's like we want to um, we're not just trying to sell a course. I mean, yeah, we definitely want to do that. That'd be great. Um, don't get me wrong, but we want to do we want to go beyond just selling a course to a bunch of people. We want to build an actual environment where people can thrive, because then that is something that is way more valuable than anything we could ever create. If we create an environment where all of a sudden you come into our community and you're now part of people that are successful, driven, uh, working hard, willing to help each other. Holy shit, that changes everything because now all of a sudden you're in a place that you maybe have never had access to. You're in a place where people actually want to help you, people who care about your success. That's crazy. And that and when you turn that in on its head, it it it's like it spreads like wildfire. We we started this about a year ago and our community is still pretty small. You know, we're into several hundreds, but we haven't hit thousands yet. But I firmly believe that when we get to that point where we are bringing in hundreds and hundreds of people into our community on a regular basis and hitting those thousands and thousands of numbers, that we'll have the strongest, we're going to have the strongest community of musicians on the internet um, ever made. Because it's going to be so many people that are just passionate and driven about, um, you know, being entrepreneurs, pushing themselves uh, to their limits, pushing themselves past their limits, being driven for success. And and I just can't wait to see what we do with that once we have that. So that's why it's so important not just to, you know, avoid the refunds, not just to get the people who poison the well. Uh, we don't we want to avoid that as much as we can. It's not the only reason why we're doing it. It's the other reason is because we want to just create that amazing, amazing community that is irreplaceable. Because once we've reached that point, the stuff that we will do together as a collective community will be, will be insane. I've seen this before. I've seen this in other areas. I, I've been fortunate enough to be part of uh, several different endeavors and ventures that have done this successfully. Uh, one that I notably will mention is URM Academy, otherwise yeah. known as Unstoppable Recording Machine. This is a place where, you know, we've gotten 5,000 people from all over the world to gather together 
and help each other become the best producer that they can possibly become. And it's to the point now where people come in our group and they'll be like, holy crap, like I just got laid off of work. I don't know when I'm going to be working again. Um, it could take me six months to find another job. I've got to cancel my subscription. I can't afford it anymore. I need to change my whole structure to life. I might even have to move out of my place, blah, blah, blah. People will jump in on that post and offer to pay for that dude's subscription. And that wow. blows my mind because I'm like, I'm not asking for that. I, I, right. there's, you know, and so that is such a powerful thing because that person sees that this this person is going through struggle they want they want to help them succeed and who wouldn't want to live in a in an environment in a community like that right like especially when it comes to music cuz it's such a hard thing to 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 get through it's such a hard thing to become successful in so how amazing is it to be a part of of a place like that where people are willing to take over your subscription for you because you're going through hard times. And I want to create that. I want to replicate that for musicians. I've, I've created that for producers. I've helped create that with, with my, uh, my business partners with Tyler. Now I want to help do the same thing for musicians. I want to provide that environment where people can thrive. They can rely on each other. They can help each other out. They can go on tour together. We, we have band Academy tours that are happening already. It's it's people who are all both in the band academy program and then going on tour together. Such an amazing idea, and we don't benefit from that. It's we're not right. making money yeah. off of that. We're just saying, hey, work together. I mean, why not? The, the strength in numbers. Nobody gets rich alone, man. Um, and and so that's it. And and uh, community first. You know, focus on community. It's going to be the game changer. If you're one of those lone wolf kind of bands who sees everything as a competition and is trying to climb the ladder faster than everybody else. I got news for you. When you get to the top, it's super lonely. And if you haven't made friends along the way, it's going to be a lot harder to do it once you're, once you're up there. Um, I've seen it with some of the bands that I've worked with who, you know, have built a, a, a rapid success trajectory. When you have that amount of success in such a short period of time, it kind of it's like whiplash. You're like, you're not really sure what to, how to go about it. But when you get, you build yourself up and you do it in a, in a way that is beneficial, not just to you, but to all the people around you and you're giving back, you're creating the, the actual environment that you wish you had when you started. And, and if everyone did that, it would just be the most amazing uh, experience uh, ever. Totally agree. Totally agree. So, are you uh, are you currently in self quarantine? I am actually. Um, so, <laughs> this is a funny story. Um, we basically went to Houston, Texas, uh, last week for the rodeo, and we went there because our family, uh, my my wife's family, invited us to come, and we said, "Yeah, we did that. We would do that." And it was six months ago when we were planning all this. So we have our tickets, got our hotel, got our flights, fly down to Houston. We come a day early because I, I typically don't like to have a flight and an event in the same day. So I try to have a flight, then go to bed, then wake up, and then go to the thing. So we're there that night. We eat at a restaurant. We go to bed. We wake up. The rodeo is supposed to start sometime in the afternoon. And we get this news that says the mayor is going to have a meeting with the city and uh, it's going to be at noon and they're going to decide if they should keep the rodeo open or not. And we're like, uh oh, because, you know, the, the thing with the coronavirus and all that. Yeah. So they have the meeting and they decide uh, we're going to shut down the rodeo because there was a person who who was verified uh, with the coronavirus who was there the day before and they were like they were like at the uh the the food area and so that that scared the the mayor a lot and everything and so they shut basically they shut down the rodeo which then became a, a domino effect everything started shutting down okay this is going to be shut down this is going to be shut down this and so we're saying like what are we going to do with our week like we're sitting here in this hotel 
we're in Houston, Texas. We've never been here before. At least I'd, I'd never been there before. And we were just like, what, what, what would we do? And I got the idea. I was like, well, if we can't do anything here, maybe we could at least go to the beach. That would be cool. We could maybe fly to like Miami or something and go to the beach. Um, and the Miami at that point, Miami only had one confirmed case. So it was kind of like a, a thing where, you know, still a safe space to be. Yeah. So checked out the ticket prices, booked the first flight there, uh, went to Miami. Uh, then um, I hit up my friend and he was there and he was available. And so we got to hung, hang out on his boat and we went down to the Bahamas. And <laughs> so I was nice. literally escaping the <laughs> coronavirus by going out to sea um, and just, uh, you know, going away from land. So that was, yeah. that was pretty fun. But then things got crazy. Uh, things developed as we were out there and we were like, okay, we should probably get back. We got to fly back home. So long story short, I'm back in Detroit. Um, well, I don't live in Detroit, but I'm, I live out in the country, but we're back in Michigan and we're uh, we're gonna just chill here for the next couple weeks and try to, I don't know, try to stay alive. I guess. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're actually we're actually in in Kansas, um, and I you know I gotta say the Bahamas sounds way better than the rodeo. <laughs> yeah. It was for definitely sure. an, an upgrade, but also uh, an increase in cost as well. Oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> um. Before we uh, before we get out of here, because we don't want to keep you too long, but uh, the 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 Tone Forge amp sams, I got a request, man. We need a Sun Model T. A Sun Model T, okay. No, nobody, nobody's doing Sun yeah, there's, amps. There's no emulation for that anywhere. Anywhere, you know. I, I rock a Helix, uh, you know, Head Rush, the Axfax. I don't know nice. about the Axfax, but I don't think anybody has a Sun Model T. And you know, we need a really good Stoner Doom, just nasty. Yeah. Because those Model Ts are too damn expensive. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean that w- that could be something uh very interesting actually. And I I do want to get away from um not not that I don't like working with artists. I think working with artists is great and we are still doing all kinds of stuff with artists. You'll see coming up. Um but I do want to get away from that idea because it, in some fashion I do think it is limiting. Like I I I think about how somebody could currently have an amazing amp in their hands that that they use as a tool to create amazing music like on an ongoing basis day to day but it's not in their hands because they don't like the person whose name is sort of on the package uh so to speak and yeah, i think that's right. a very limiting thing in our industry i think and i understand it you know it's not like I, it's it's human nature I'm not gonna if if there's a person I don't like, I'm not gonna buy their stuff if Even I don't if like that person. Stuff. Yeah. Right. Right. So but it makes sense. You know, but if you don't like, you know, Misha Mansoor, you're missing out because that amp is dope and it's cool. Right. So <laughs> right. I think like we we gotta find a good uh yeah, we gotta find a good balance and I, I wanna get into modeling other stuff and paying attention to the gear. And may, being more focused on sort of the sound and not necessarily the name, and and so there's a lot that goes into that. Uh, and we're working on some cool stuff, but w- right now we're trying to develop our own uh, internal uh, artificial intelligence for improving the guitar tones. Um, so using like neural networks and things to research uh, how can we like improve these tones, or how can we um, maybe mimic gear that has been celebrated for years as being some of the best gear for for certain kinds of tones and how do we bring that into an algorithm that is efficient enough to operate at the low cpu rates that people expect them to operate at and still sound authentic and so there's always there's all these different levers and things that need to balance out to make that happen um but uh i'm gonna write down that you said that and maybe i don't know a year from now we'll see what happens that's cool. We'll definitely be paying attention and keeping our ear to the ground on that. Yeah, so. I, want, I want the early bird special, though. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
Uh, I'll beta test it. There yeah. you go. My dad, and, uh, my was... dad owned uh, my like for most of my childhood. My dad owned several Sun amps. Um, nice. I think we even had. They made they they made power amps, right? Mm-hmm. Did they make um, a mixing board? Yes, I'm sure they did. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. we had the Sun. I learned. I recorded stuff on the Sun mixing board a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. They, they were big, big clunky ones like the, oh, the old huge. bb's yeah. you know? and it weighed like yeah. a million pounds yeah i remember right <laughs> I had like three like yeah like three inches between each fader because yeah. you know the components back then were all hand soldered in and yeah oh it's good yeah stuff. i literally i'm not joking and or exaggerating when i say this i had a uh i forget the the name for it i think it's called a, a hernia or or something like that where you like you try to lift something um give you a hernia <laughs> yeah it's too too heavy for you like i would that's my whole life like my dad ran sound for like you know like the brookville fireworks and shit like that so i was picking up like pa speakers and big fucking sun mixers and stuff and i i literally had to go get surgery when i was a, a kid uh-huh. My oh, dad good. made me do all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> now you never let him live it down, right? Yeah. Uh, I want to mention to you, last podcast we had, we had these uh, these kids in here. Um, they they're in a band called the Ghost in the or I'm sorry, Ghost in the Atlantic. Um, kind of a gent uh, technical metal kind of thing. Very very good. Um, and they were huge fans of yours. We told them we were going to be talking with you, and they freaked out. They lost their minds, and they. <laughs> They uh, use what was the plugin of his that they were using? What it was? Um, uh, the, the gain, gain reduction, redu- gain reduction okay. too. And yeah. they were like, they're like, oh, we use this all over our stuff, dude. It's so great. They were just like, they they literally like That's just amazing. lost their mind. So, yeah. um, I don't know. That uh, just want to shout out to those guys. Yeah, Neil. shout out to you guys, and and thank you guys. Don't don't like like we love every single person that uses our products like we love you guys like don't uh hesitate to reach out to us show us what you're doing with it like in fact we don't get enough of that i i know people will post about it on online and stuff but like i wish i knew i i know you know we're we're selling a certain number of of units every single day and i it's like it becomes to the point where you're like not really sure what everyone's doing with it. Like, can you imagine like, you know, how many people have a GoPro camera and what they're doing with their GoPros every day? It's like amazing, right? If you were the person who created GoPro, you'd be like, holy crap, look at what all these people are doing with this thing. Um, that's how we feel, right? So like if you're out there and you're using the JST stuff, uh, share it with us, like send it to us, find us on social media, we love that stuff, and and we love to see what you guys do with it. Um, and thank you so much for uh, supporting the brand and and promoting it. And and I appreciate the shout out and and shout out right back to you guys. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. Uh, awesome. Yeah, I definitely definitely uh, I definitely want Sub Destroyer. Man, putting Sub Drops in this last album without that sucked. I saw the demo on that, and I'm like. Why didn't I have it? Yeah. <laughs> it's such a simple plug-in, but it's so good. Oh well, we appreciate. It. We're going to dive into into the plugins ourselves here because we're just we're pretty blown away by them. Um, everyone that we talked to that has used them has raved about them. So the next the next DOE album, uh, I think you're going to be hearing a lot of absolutely a lot of stuff using those plugins. But love um, it. That's. I would love to talk to to you about that more, but we've been on here an hour, and I know you're a busy guy. We don't want to steal all your time, but I uh, just want to say once again, thank you so much for spending uh, some time with us, letting us know what what it's all about, and uh, talking about the Spotify. That's so important for all the artists out there. Can't recommend the Spotify challenge enough to any any band out there yeah. that wants to get the lowdown on how to reach more people with their music. So. And and you know, if you want to uh, throw up some links real quick. Uh, we'll we'll notate. Yeah, how can and... people get a hold of you on online? Yeah, so if you ever want to talk to me, uh, feel free to just reach out to me over Instagram. Um, my Instagram is J O E Y I S M U S I C K. So it's like Joey's music, but with sick at the end. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and 
for for the other stuff. So like if you are interested in in growing on Spotify, you want to know more about how to unlock that algorithm, get it working for you, get your music to grow, grow fan base on that platform. Check out our challenge. It's spotifyplaylistchallenge.com. It's not open all the time, and one of the reasons why we're able to have so much success with our program is that we physically move every person through the training and hold you accountable as you're doing it. And so because of that, we can't have it open all the time because people would be starting at different points, and it would just be chaos. So. If you go to that URL, like maybe you're listening to this episode, you know, weeks from now and it's closed down, put your name in the waiting list and 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 wait for an email for when it opens back up. If you are fortunate enough to sign up while it's open, you should jump in because we will literally not only hold your hand through the whole process, but we'll we'll make sure that nothing can stop you. Because if you come into this challenge and you find something that is preventing you from succeeding, you can come to the live streams, come to the group coaching calls and tell us about it and we will find a solution to whatever it is. Like I said, my, my, uh, ability, my superhuman power is to solve problems. So if you come to those group coaching calls with your problems, I will solve them. And if you don't do that, then you're just going to be held back. You can be sitting in the same place you were. So check, check out the Spotify playlist challenge, take advantage of that offer. Uh, it's, it's amazing. Uh, I know it's helped you guys. It's helped other artists. And, uh, if you want to talk to me, just reach me on Instagram. Awesome. awesome. Well, thank you so much again. I hope you have a, a safe time <laughs> in lockdown. <laughs> yeah, you too. All this will blow over. We'll all get back to work. <laughs> yeah, let's let's hope that it. Uh, you know, April first, we can we can go back to being normal and and this oh, whole wow, thing will blow over. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks All for right, having me, guys. Really appreciate your time, and uh, it was great chatting with you. You awesome. too. Thank you, you too. very much. Have a great evening. You too. Take care.